Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host. Our quote today is by Ron Kaufman, and it is, exceeding expectations is where satisfaction ends and loyalty begins. We have an amazing, dynamic guest for you today, AZA Events president and owner Lori James Brunel have been one of Southwest's most creative, innovative, and successful event producers for nearly 30 years, lending her considerable talents to an extraordinarily broad range of clients and businesses. Lori's penchant for professionalism, visionary take on the event planning process, and undeniable Midas touch when it comes to destination event management has made her one of the most sought after DMC professionals across Arizona, Southern California, and the Southwestern United States single-handedly responsible for taking AZA events from a small Arizona-specific operation to a thriving multi-million dollar company, Lori is perhaps most recognized for her ability to not just anticipate client needs before they're even discussed, but to deliver them well beyond what's expected. Welcome, Lori. How are you today? I am fantastic, Heather, and I cannot tell you how excited I was for today to come and to be part of your podcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next 30 minutes together. So thank you for having me. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I know that when you and I get on the phone or on a Zoom call, that time can absolutely fly by. We just have some great conversations, and I know this one is going to be the same you know, I didn't even ask you before when we spoke, but I have been really curious, how did the name AZA Events come to be? Well, when the company was founded in 1991, it was by the name of Amy Zach and Associates. And in short, it's the acronym of AZA. And when my husband and I bought the company um, in 2001, AZA was highly known um, for its reputation and had a great following of clients. So we kept um, the AZA and rebranded to AZA events. Everyone wants to think, oh, is it Arizona ambassadors? And I'm like, no, um, but yeah, we just celebrated 30 years in February. So um, oh, congratulations, that is quite an accomplishment. Oh my goodness. We weathered a lot of storms. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, let's talk about some storms, you know, with the, with the name of the show being from fear to fire, we got to throw some of that in there. So Tell us about some challenges that you've faced over the last 30 years. Well, that is a loaded question. (laughs) Where should I even begin? Because it's quite the story and the journey that um, we have endured. Um, So back in February 1st of 2001, um, when we bought the company, my husband and I, um, at that time, they were calling us that we were having a soft economy, right? Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was a full recession. And then you layered it with 9-11. And once you take planes out of the air and people are no longer traveling and staying in hotels, well, guess what? They're not using our services for event planning. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the scary part about buying a business is that we had $50,000 payments every six months. And we thought, how on earth are we going to find $50,000 laying around when no one's traveling, right? And somehow all these little miracles presented themselves. Um, And so we had a group that was coming from Canada that ended up not coming because it was over the time period of 9-11. And they said, oh, just keep our money until we come back. (laughs) like okay (laughs) so that was another payment and then we were faced with the Iraqi war if you remember that and then you know it was you know we were at war and nobody really felt like celebrating or holding incentive programs so the result was programs were canceling a month to two weeks out and then another group um, had a half a million dollar program they said oh keep our deposit until we come back to the fall I'm like okay (laughs) Well, then we go on to 2008 um, with the crash, and shortly after that, there was an AIG insurance scandal that happened in Laguna Beach for spending money um, irresponsibly. So again, nobody was holding meetings and centers because they didn't want to be in the media eye. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) then we go, obviously, to this past year, and as people know, the hospitality industry from event planning to hoteliers to restaurants um, was probably hit the hardest with millions of lost jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't seen income for a whole year. And so um, I have a very savvy um, husband that's really great with financials. And we were not a company, you know, a company that paid all the owners. We um, put money away for a rainy day. So we are one of those fortunate ones that we could keep our employees on. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, through these last 20 years of owning the company, we got through these obstacles and I tell people failure is not an option. You must stay focused, have perseverance, the drive to succeed, don't lose sight of your vision. And you have to plant the seed for things to come back. And, you know, you always have to spend money wisely to make money. So you got to start not having your pity party during these times, but you're going, okay, what can I do now to stay connected with clients and to nurture those relationships? Because we all know that things are going to come back and they may come back at a slower pace that we want, but you know, you want to be remembered and you don't want to think that you fell off the face of the earth and closed your doors. Mm -hmm. So we want to stay relevant and in the eye of our, our clients and prospective clients. Um, so that's what we've been doing since the last 20 years. And as you can see, there was many hurdles for us to overcome and we continually grew our business year after year. Uh, Lori, you know, it sounds to me like resilience is part of your DNA. It's <laughs> kind of funny how stars align sometimes just when you're thinking, what are we going to do? One of your clients comes through for you, which is a great story as well. It's a testament to how you treat them, right? And I do want to just make a note for our listeners out there. I messed up on the day and I think I said 30, I added 10 years to your business. So I said 30 years, but you just celebrated your 20th anniversary, right? Well, technically the company is 30 years, Heather. Oh, okay. So all right. there was another owner, Amy Zach, and then I've owned it for 20 years. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that for us. You're welcome. (laughs) But you know, I really think you got to keep your faith and don't lose sight of what your dreams are. You know, and um, you just can't let go. You got to fight hard and it may not be easy, but you can have a pity party or you can do something about it. 
Oh, I love that. I'm an action-oriented person too, and I am not a fan yeah. of pity parties. So no. I love your mindset on this one. Now, taking over an existing business that already had like a great, um, you know, they, they had a great word of mouth, everybody thought highly of them. What, what was the most difficult part in, in taking that over? Well, I think first is that I always worked for Corporate America. I worked for America's, America West Airlines before it was US Airways, now American, mm-hmm. um, as a meeting planner. And then I also, prior to that, worked at Circle K um, as a planner. And so now the table is turned because I always had people soliciting me for my business. Mm-hmm. Now it was like going on a first date and learning how to do sales. Oh, boy. And you can either sit in your apartment and look at four walls or you can get out of the door and go find it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, I had this attitude, well, I was a meeting planner for 12 years. This is going to be a cakewalk to take over a destination event management company. Turns out to be the hardest job of my life because our clients rely on us for all the creativity and putting to all the pieces once the group comes to our destination. So we're really the ambassador of Arizona and Southern California, Mm -hmm. and we're your boots on the ground. So the minute that you land at the airport, they really rely on our expertise and our creativity to put together their three, four, five day program of everything from transportation, activities, team building, decor, catering, entertainment, production, um, venues, like, restaurant, diner rounds, like it just goes on and on. And so having to come up with that creative is, you know, a lot of work. And then what I wasn't prepared for, the business always had a solid foundation, but it's nowhere it is near to date with its sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wasn't quite prepared for all the hours of owning a business. And there's times I come home at 10, 11 o'clock at night and my dinner was eating triscuits and crackers and pepperoni and drinking wine. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I had to stop that habit pretty fast. But, uh, <laughs> but being an owner, you take on all the stress and wear a lot of different hats. And our business is seasonal, um, primarily because of weather conditions. Um, so if I don't make my money from January to May, that's really the bulk of when you're going to make your revenue. And then you get some business after the the hot summers of Arizona, which is usually September to October. Mm -hmm. So you're always worrying about where your next sale is. And, you know, people go, you go through this every year. You're like always worried and it always comes. I'm like, well, how about if it doesn't come one day? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're relying, your staff is relying on you to give them a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so you got overhead and there's all these bills and, you know, even, you know, with this pandemic, the bills still keep coming, even though there's no revenue, you know, so you kind of have to be a really smart, savvy business owner. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, to be in business through all of those challenges and to still be on top and to be able to weather through it, you must be doing a lot of things right, Lori. Now, you guys have an uh, impeccable reputation. So how have you and your team set yourself apart from other companies so that you can lead the industry? What do you do differently? Well, we don't look work like other organizations um, or my competitors, um, 
they basically, someone is, wears a sales hat, someone does the design development, then they turn it over to operations and mm-hmm. then it goes on to billing. And we take full onus of our ownership, uh, our program. So the program managers do everything from start to finish. And I think clients, you know, we've established strong relationships because they like the continuity mm-hmm. and it does build strong relationships because there's a lot of times that we're working on a program that's two years out, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, also too, because travelers have become more and more sophisticated with expectations being very high. You know, it's not like 25 years ago where, you know, air travel was a luxury, right? Now people travel the globe to these exotic places. And so I feel we're really extremely innovative and creative with finding very unique and never seen before ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want to be a cookie cutter company. I think that's really important that, you know, it's, let's just take a hotel, Heather, you know, everyone has the same offerings, right? So you have a room with clean towels and you have a spa and you have three meal restaurants. And so what's going to set that hotel from other hotels and why you'd pick them. And it's usually, you know, we're a very relationship driven industry. So it's really the people mm-hmm. that people buy from, right? Yeah. Um, for us, we're all about putting the buyer first mm-hmm. and um, we don't live within our service offering box, meaning we don't do whatever it, we do whatever it takes to make that client happy, even if it's doing special things for them during their program or running errands, or they mentioned during a time on a conversation that they like something and we'll go out and get it for them because they maybe don't come to our destination all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, most of all, our clients see us as very genuine, trustworthy, authentic caring, enthusiastic, and thoughtful. They can see the passion in what we do. My husband always tells me that clients, when I talk to them over the phone, they can feel my smile and energy and their faces just light up. And, you know, I think people really are attracted to happy people Mm -hmm. and that's what you attract in your life. So, you know, you got to surround yourself about people that make you feel good. Oh, I love that. That's amazing advice, Lori, because I believe that very strongly. We attract the energy that we put out into the world. And that's why you're able to make it through because you put amazing energy out into the world. Now, you know, even though currently our industry is not exactly booming, I do have high (laughs) hopes for it in the future. So let's say there's a student, a young adult who's looking at going, making a career of event management because they know that it's coming back, right? And we're gonna move forward strongly. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Well, I get calls like this all the time from young adults that are um, wanting to do an internship with me or a friend re- you know, referred me to the, a friend's daughter that's interested in getting in event planning. And, the biggest words I can say is investing yourself. When I hire new associates, I tell them, you can just show up and go through the process. I mean, if you think about, I'm gonna take the analogy of going to a bar and looking at a guitar player that is maybe just playing for the sake of a sale, you know, cause you need to get a paycheck. But then, you know, you could go somewhere like a Nashville or whatever destination and you feel the heart of their music and their passion and they just, can't get enough to give to the public, right? And so you can either just go and show up and sit at your desk and do your, you know, everyday job, 
or if you want to really set yourself apart, then you need to get involved in industry-related events to your or your industry itself. Um, I tell the girls, you know, read as much as you can, find new ideas, trends, knowledge to set yourself apart from other companies, and become an ambassador of your destination. Um, when a client comes on a site inspection with us, you can either go through telling them about brick and mortar, oh, at venues or restaurants or things to do, or you can be a storyteller. And that makes a world of difference. So I get the clients excited about Southern California and Arizona, telling them about the destination, the history, the economic development, um, what feeds our city, how the Native Americans lived off the land or whatever the case may be. It's about getting them excited why to come here. And I think you having more knowledge over them sets you apart that they go, okay, I can trust you because you have this plethora of information. Mm -hmm. And I also say um, many of the industry boards I've served on or organizations I've been with is over the 30 years plus of my career, because it probably is like, I'm not going to give my age away, but you'll probably figure it out when I say 35 years plus, um, was how I built my career. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, you started at four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, was how I built my uh, client base and built true loyalty because I keep going to these same events. And when they see the same face year after year, then you're working with the client. They're like, oh, my God, do you know Lori with AZ events? You need to work with her. She's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so it feeds off of itself once you invest into your industry and your career. And, you know, change your mindset. Do not just target a client, but rather use your network and don't under ever estimate your competitors or supplier to get your next referral. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times when people are going to networking events, they look at the name badges, Heather, and they go, Oh, are you a buyer? Oh, you're a supplier. I don't want to talk to you. Uh. Well, you would be doing yourself a very big disservice yeah. if you don't, because what happens, like just say you guys become friends with the hotelier mm -hmm. and they have a client. And even though they might have a preferred vendor in house, the client may want two or three different other bids. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will be one of the first people they think of, or they may just override those and tell them to call me first. You know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think um, that's important in a sales situation. I think too many people are looking just like you're talking about at this one person and what they're currently in. And with all the changes in the industry, people might be in different roles the next time, but also it's all the people that they know. If you were just come showing up authentically then that's how you're going to build those relationships. Well, and be real. Don't be a car salesperson. Nobody wants to be sold to. Exactly. And I think like people have really appreciated the epitome of honesty, yeah. whether it's good or bad. Like I rather know the truth and let it hurt and then I can deal with it and how we're going to fix it than be surprised. Oh, so okay. the more you sweep things under the carpet, the harder and harder it's going to get and you're going to back yourself into a black hole. Oh man, I am a big fan of that. We, you know, get it out in the open. We can solve anything we know about, right? I, I love, <laughs> love that. So if you had to do everything over, is there anything that you change? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't try to be everything to everyone wearing so many different hats of 
trying to manage the everyday operations to doing sales, to doing marketing, to doing all the sales trips. Um, um, I'm not sure if I should say sadly or not, but I'm not very good at setting boundaries and saying no. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure people and, love that about you. <laughs> and my wish list is that I always could have another Lori to mold to do mm. sales with me because I'm pulled in a lot of different directions. And it, you know, to my dismay, I probably did it to myself, but um, I, this is my baby. It's like my child. And so I've just really buried myself into my industry and my career and AZA. Yeah. And it does, I don't think it does, it goes unnoticed. I mean, people call me, even if they're not coming to our destinations, just for advice, because they know they're going to get the truth. So, you know, I have a client just before I got on a call with you today, you know, that she wanted my advice on, you know, San Diego about different things. And, you know, she respects my opinion. Yeah. That reputation comes from all of the passion that you have for it and all you've done. But I, I get your point, and I think it's a point well taken that we do need balance. So that's that's good advice as well. So now I want to go back. You mentioned, you know, about having all those hats, having to wear all those hats, and you know, you come from the planning side, and then you had to learn about the sales side, right? So a lot of people in planning absolutely hate having to ask people for money and kind of transitioning into wearing the sales hat. Do you have any suggestions for people or how do you do it? Yeah, I had to learn that and to play hard love. And I have my husband to some degree to thank for that because he came from Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. And then I was a little softy. So he kind of toughened me up. <laughs> and now like I can do anything. Like the girls always ask me if I have to write a hard letter. They're like, Lori, would you help me write that letter to the client? I'm like, sure. I love writing letters. <laughs> and they're like in the nicest way, like you would think I'm saying having a nice day. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, like most of us, we established really um, strong relationships with the client to the degree that many of them become my close friends. Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing you have to do is separate your personal and your professional relationship and your emotions out of the equation. And you're just doing smart business decisions, whether it's asking for money or doing legal contracts, mm -hmm. A, you have to protect yourself. And so I position ourselves is that um, pretty much your program won't happen unless we get a deposit. Mm -hmm. And we're not afraid to tell that the client that and um, today, you know, with so many means to make a payment, you know, whether it's credit card wire transfers or whatever, you have to put the onus back on them. And, you know, I even told them that I'm not a bank and I'm not in a position to use our personal <laughs> funds to execute your program. Right. I um, love that. I love that. Yeah. I want to use that. Yeah. I'm not in a position to use my personal funds. <laughs> no, I mean, I have hard dollars. I have to pay all our suppliers up front mm -hmm. before their program operates, or at least a majority of a portion of that program. And usually it's close to 100%. Mm -hmm. And then I'm carrying that other, you know, 25% or whatever it is, 30 days after when I asked for the client to pay an invoice. Mm -hmm. And somehow I always feel like I'm chasing my money afterwards because once a program is over, they just disappear. Right. Um, 
and I even had a once tell a, a client um, and they said, don't you know who we are? And I said, yes. And I says, well, Enron was a multi-billion dollar company that closed their doors overnight. So just because, you know, you're a Amazon or a Coca-Cola or whoever you are, it doesn't mean that you're doing smart business, business decisions behind the scenes. Like we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to worry about that. And I shouldn't have to beg for my money. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's my money, you know, (laughs) you're doing a lot of work for it. I believe I, you know, I am all on board with this because we have to value our own services and then it'll come across with confidence. I I love that. Exactly. You know, you got to value who you are and you don't work for free. Mm-hmm. This is not a nonprofit organization. <laughs> I am for profit. <laughs> I love it. All right. So this is the time of the, well, this is, this is in this particular case, this is the time of the year where everyone around me keeps saying, oh, what were you doing last year? What were you doing last year? So I'm going to ask you, what were you doing this time last year? I was in San Diego. Um, going to operate two programs and um, one uh, was for an association that was several hundred of guests and another one for an off-property insurance dinner um, two separate groups I wake up on Monday morning and all of a sudden all these delegates that we were doing activities for started emailing me asking me for their money back (laughs) I'm like what I'm like what are you talking about because it was like to operate like on a Tuesday and this was a Monday. Mm-hmm. And so then I reached out to the meeting planner. She's like, Oh, yeah, we sent a letter out over the weekend that we decided not to host the conference. Now keep in time, mind that at this time, planes were still in the air, hotels were still open, and it was a personal choice. Oh, yeah. But like, not to even tell me, like, oh. think about the state of shock I was in to say the least. Oh, so awful. <laughs> and, you know, I really think that our industry and the hospitality thought this was going to be like a three-month little ordeal and no one would have ever imagined this was going on for a full year um, with literally no business Um, and you know I mean leisure business is starting to come back you know and interesting enough like a few of our luxury properties in Arizona um, were very busy on the weekends and sold out because people from California were coming over because they were shut down. So it's been a funky, you know, 365 days. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the new thing. It's been a funky 365 days. You hit the nail on the head there, Lori. I do have another word, but I can't say it on the okay. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I, I don't want to get my beeper button out. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, the last time that we chatted, you said something that I actually jotted down. I loved it so much. And it kind of fits in with what we're talking about right now. You said life is a bunch of seasons. And I thought that was so amazing. And, and it really fits in with what we're just talking about. But do you remember, I know it was a, it was a while ago, but do you remember what you were referring to when you said that? Well, yeah. I mean, even whether you're in a personal relationship or, you know, what we're going through now, I, you know, equate this as we're in the middle of a huge horrific a winter storm and blizzards and you know you think oh my god when is this ever going to be over with and then you know somehow spring comes out the flowers pop and you're like oh god I'm so glad now it's spring and I can look forward to summer Mm -hmm. and you know you got to put yourself in a state of mind that said if I had to do this for a lifetime could I 
Mm -hmm. answer whatever that if or what it is. And the answer is probably no, because sometimes we endure whether we're having to take care of a loved one or you've had some health conditions or things aren't going well with your career, you can't find a job. You know, can I get through this? And you have to find the power within to say, I can do it for a moment of time, but this too shall pass. Oh, I love that. That is going to be really helpful for our listeners today because, you know, that gets back to, you know, you can do it for a a period of time. There's hope attached to it, right? So that there's, that it helps the resilience, the the perseverance that we've been talking about definitely has a theme. You know what, Lori, I'm sure that people would love to find a way to get in contact with you. Could you share the best way for people to reach you? Sure, I'd be happy to. www.azaevents.com. Perfect. That's awesome. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I always like to come back to what is that one thing that you would like a listener to walk away with, that nugget, that, that Lori-ism? What do you have for us to close us out today, Lori? Well, I believe you have a choice in life to live either in happiness or fear. There's either one side of the spectrum or the other side. And if you live your life in fear, it'll hold you back from being successful in your relationships, your career, and everything about your makeup. And, you know, so many times, and it's interesting as adults, how much fear we put into our lives. You know, we're fearful to be successful. We're fearful not to be successful. We're fearful for love. And then we're fearful to be in love. Like, there's like all these positive negatives, right? And so if you choose to live on the happier side, and sometimes life is just hard, but it's how you look at it that will bring you to the other side and not go into the dark place. I really believe that it's all in your attitude and how you wake up every day at um, who you're going to be and who you want to be. And you get to choose. Lori, that is beautiful. I have absolutely enjoyed this as much as I expected I would. (laughs) For all of you listening, I'm sure you've enjoyed it as well. Share it with a friend. Leave a review for us. We love and appreciate those. Thank you, Lori. Have a lovely day. Oh, you do the same. And thank you, Heather. You too have a blessed day. Mm -hmm.